In 2020, it makes sense to think of a ghost kitchen as something scary. I mean, you've seen the pictures of everything shut down. You've seen it in real life. America became a city of ghost towns. And ghost kitchens could just be the empty, cobweb-infested, creaky, eerie kitchens left behind as restaurants are forced to shudder. It is spooky season, after all. But the ghost kitchen sightings we're here to report are actually reviving the restaurant industry. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, the haunts you've got to try and the visions of the future they may be. I definitely think you're not putting ghost kitchens back in the box. We'll take you to three area ghost kitchens to show you why they're becoming so popular, how they work, and why they're bringing chefs new life. Losing, you know, about half of your revenue overnight is a good kick in the butt to start getting creative. Then we'll bring you food news and help plan your weekend. This one's nothing to boo about. The first question, what is a ghost kitchen? You'll find the people running them even have a hard time describing uh, it. it. So it's, it's technically a shadow brand because it's mine. There's really no fine set definition on like what a ghost kitchen is, right? Those guys were more of a ghost kitchen, we're more of a virtual kitchen. Hmm. I know it's confusing. So, um, and yeah. then they've got the cloud kitchen, which is even more confusing. Where so there's clearly a bit of ambiguity here. Ghost kitchen is just kind of a catchy thing that everybody says because the lines and that in those definitions don't really matter. But colloquially and for our purposes here, a ghost kitchen is a restaurant without a location, either operating within another restaurant or a rented kitchen space. It has its own website, menu, social media, name, all of that. But you don't actually go there to eat. Curbside, takeout, delivery only. Some examples might make this more clear. Right after the first snowstorm last winter in December of 2019, you know, back when we actually wanted to stay home. <laughs> anyway, Soup Boy debuted as the self-proclaimed first ghost kitchen in the St. Louis area. The team behind Retreat Gastropub and Yellow Belly in the Central West End saw an opportunity to put their kitchen to work during quieter hours. So they came up with the new restaurant concept, delivery only, cooked at Yellow Belly. But it's not Yellow Belly. It's Soup Boy. You follow? By the way, Soup Boy closed for the warmer months. They're still contemplating a return to the stage this January. Ghost kitchens can provide a restaurateur the chance to spread their wings. Sometimes literally. The Rolling Stone restaurateur Dave Bailey opened Wing Ding Dong out of their Bailey's range space, and Casey Bones is the first in a series of concepts to debut at the Sugar High Ghost Kitchen by Sugar Fire slash High Point Drive-In inside the High Point space. They'll also offer ribs because, you know, Casey. Dave Sandusky owns Beastcraft Barbecue in Belleville and Beast Butcher Block in the Grove, which are also now home to Wing Runner, specializing in a wide array of chicken and cauliflower wing flavors. They're really good. In just a few months, they've already been recognized in major publications as the best wings in St. Louis. So I asked Dave, why a ghost kitchen instead of just expanding Beast? That's a great question. Uh, so here's the thing. It's all about marketability in the moment. Um, people want an experience and they want, uh, they, they want, uh, something that is exceptional and something different. And, uh, and so, you know, we could have just said, Hey, you know what? We added a few flavors of chicken wings to our, to our menu. Hey guys, come and see the, you know, new flavors of chicken wings at, 
beast butcher and block or beast craft barbecue. Uh, but the, the, the effect of that would be drowned out by all of the other barbecue that's on the menu and all these other things that we're doing. It would have an impact, but it would be a much smaller impact. If we can create a new brand, we can give it its own social media. We can give it its own following and we can cause some separation there. Then we can create an underground following for that product in particular uh, and uh, and grow that way. We think we have a, a exponential growth factor versus uh, just saying that we've expanded our menu. But that's essentially what we've done. We've taken uh, a wing section of our menu that we're already doing. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of flavors, and we said, you know what? Let's expand it to 10 different flavors. Let's make them all incredible and really challenge the status quo in chicken wings. And this is the way we do everything. We don't, you know, we're, we're always swinging for the fences. We're always doing the best thing out there, uh, in our opinion, or we're not going to do it. The separation can serve to elevate the Ghost Kitchen's brand, to make it a more serious contender in the type of cuisine they're offering. But it can also be good for the home restaurant's brand, too like Subdivision Sandwich Company. It has a large menu of easy options that are less upscale than the Polite Society restaurant menu, despite coming from the same Lafayette Square kitchen. You might know Revel Kitchen as the place with the super healthy but flavor-forward menu started by the guy who used to feed the Cardinals. Cold smoked salmon on a bed of organic quinoa isn't usually on the same menu as a pizza with three types of cheeses, sausage, and red-hot riplets on top. And that's the thing, they're not on the same menu. But at Revel's Brentwood location, they are being prepped in the same space. Simon Lusky and his wife own both. After tossing around a bunch of ideas, they decided to serve up Detroit-style pizzas with fresh toppings and amazingly fluffy crust. We kind of looked at it, right? Like, do we want to just add it to the menu and do it? But pizza's definitely not what Revel's about, right? Um, And we invested a lot of money and a lot of time into the brand of Revel. Um, 100%. And we definitely are calculated with, you know, the things we say, the offerings that we have. So we definitely, you know, we have a brand and that's, it's, that's what's more importantly about us. Like it's, you don't want to have the brand confusion. So we kind of looked at all models and see where people had the most success uh, talking to other consumers. And we definitely found that, you know, having something that a building a digital brand and separating it from your existing brand is great, but you can also leverage the fact that you have a brand already. You know, it's even though we now, we have made a very clear distinction. Rebel Kitchen is not Motortown Pizza. Motortown Pizza is not Rebel Kitchen. We are two different things. But people now are able to be like, oh yeah, Motortown Pizza. Those are the Rebel Kitchen guys. Mo- you know, like, and vice versa. So it's it's really cool how you can kind of reap the benefits of both by keeping them separately. So that was kind of our mindset is that we did not want to muddle our brand. We do not want to change what we're doing and add those things. Um, to Rebel Kitchen, but we didn't want to do this other thing. So being able to create a brand, um, a whole new brand for it, definitely made that possible. I really feel like we're at a really exciting time with technology now where we can do that, like really easily. Like I was surprised how easily, Um, you know what I mean? Like how quickly we can get a website up, how quickly we can, you know, build a whole, like a whole nother identity, right? I'm like, wow, this was really cool to see, you know, like how quickly we could bring this together where, you know, when we built the Rebel Kitchen brand, like, it took us almost six months. And in some cases, the ghost kitchen takes the ghost thing a bit more literally. Vito Turco is bringing the family favorite sports bar and taste of my childhood, Krieger's Grill, back to life out of the kitchen of the public schoolhouse event venue in Cottleville. And when I saw the kitchen, 
my jaw just about dropped. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, what are you guys doing with this kitchen? I'm like, oh, it just sits here. You know, nobody was really using it. And so one thing led to another. I'm like, well, can I rent this kitchen out? And they're like, yeah, sure. So we worked out some numbers and, um, I was kind of hesitant to start the Kriegers thing again, but when people found out I was one of the co-owners and founders, they were like, oh, we missed a black and chicken sandwich. We missed this, we missed that. And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and do a test and see what happens. And it just kind of evolved from there. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we put up a Facebook page for KriegersGrill.com. And um, it's just exploded. It's just it's just crazy. Sure, it's fun to try something new. It's why we see restaurant owners opening new concepts all the time, in normal times. And it's not like ghost kitchens are new in 2020, but in a year where they've had to overcome so much to avoid vanishing into thin air, opening ghost kitchens is a way to breathe new life into a business model. Ghost kitchens don't require a lot of investment besides some technology, maybe a little time for menu development. Marketing comes mostly from social media and word of mouth. Using existing staff in spaces that can't be filled to capacity anyway, it's easy to believe in a ghost kitchen's potential. We were really lucky pretty fast that we had partners like Schnooks who started carrying like Rebel Kitchen meals. Um, you know, and that definitely gave us, uh, you know, a nice little boost, but, you know, not enough that's, you know, ever going to get it back to where it was. So, we had been thinking about, we've been like before all this, had been thinking about doing this standalone ghost kitchen concept. I've been fascinated with it. I'm a tech guy. I love the technology side of it. You know, we invested a really good backend platform for Rebel Kitchen that we have our own app, super, um, you know, intense, like in look depth at our customers, spending habits, um, marketing to them. Um, and we use those things, you know, not to only, you know, give them better products, but to just understand our customer base and what they want. Um, so the biggest thing is like, you know, we, we get technology and we, like I was saying, we almost want to do a standalone, but you know, right now I was like, yep, well, you know, we don't have a whole lot of excess money laying around. So I was like, how do we do this and what we have, you know, I was like, how do we just make this happen? It would cost us between 500 and a million dollars just to open up a restaurant. Whereas with the ghost kitchen concept, it's a minimal startup, limited staff, limited menu, low cost to get in. The, the way that I look at it as a, as a restaurant owner is, is my labor being maximized and is my square footage being maximized? Uh, that's where the profit lies. So uh, that and food cost, obviously. So uh, what we want to do is use the same labor to create um, as, as many sales as we can. Um, so, it, you know, the, the amount of labor that was spent to do the amount of sales we were getting last year, we're still spending that labor, but we're doing half or less in sales. So we want to bring those sales back up to meet the amount of labor that's required to run the building. And, and so we're giving them more, more ways to buy things. Uh, and so it, uh, it, it's just a way to kind of, uh, um, bring more profitability to this to the square footage in the space there are three things all three of the guys i talk to agree on they all have other ideas rolling around in their heads they're excited to move forward on they think this is going to get more popular here in the st louis area especially and they think that the ghost kitchen might just be the shiny silver lining of the pandemic shutdown There's as bad as this is with the 2020, I'm a little bit more optimistic as my wife says, you're always so positive on everything, but <laughs> there's, there's definitely some 
uh, opportunity for growth. Um, unlike 2008, when we closed our restaurants, it was just, it was that a lot different. And, uh, yeah. and I hate to see some of these restaurants close, but you know, the ones that pivot to this new technology and I've heard restaurateurs say, I'm not paying that 30% fee. I'm not paying that. Well, I kind of have to look at it as they're already paying the rent. They're already paying electricity. They're already paying, they already have their staff. Why not add to that brand and, and, and create something new and exciting for your customers, you know, another right. option. So I'm even like right now thinking of doing another thing. I'm like, Hey, I was like, let's see how many more things we can keep doing out of here. You know? Mm-hmm. Do you think that you would have been inspired to move into this space and start the ghost kitchen if it weren't for COVID? No. And, and I feel, uh, a little, ridiculous about it. Like I, I beat myself up about it. Like I'm coming up with some of these ideas. I've got, uh, my, uh, new, uh, corporate chef, Ryan, we're coming up with ideas together. And, and the more I think about this, the more I think about, uh, like why, why didn't we do this five years ago? You know, it could have been such a massive thing, but nobody was under that pressure to really, uh, figure those things out. And uh, so, you know, on this side, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So one of the big questions that apparently Vito was getting about the uh, revived Kriegers is whether or not they'll serve their food on Frisbees. And anybody who went there as a kid after their soccer game like I did remembers eating your kid's meal off a frisbee he says they will not be doing the frisbees right now it's a st louis like institution it's just one of those names that like you've heard your entire life exactly so while that might be a saint well-known thing in st louis detroit style pizza is not and essentially it's kind of fluffy dough um it's square but not emo's square the whole pizza mm-hmm. is square and it's kind of more like a flatbread with thicker crust and a lot of toppings that go all the way to the edge one of many 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 types of pizzas and we'll probably be talking about it more in an upcoming episode and that's all we'll say about that for now Ooh, a nice little tease speaking of tease dory almost <laughs> joins me now um from the Shaw Bureau of Abbey Eat St. Louis over Zoom. Good to have you again here. And we are talking about some food news. Yeah, we got a little bit of everything today, starting off with something not so great, but it has definitely piqued a lot of interest in the St. Louis area. Venice Cafe announced they are closing for the winter. They made this announcement Tuesday. They said, see you after hibernation. Um, They were kind of opening up for some days here in October and just decided, okay, it looks like the weather's not going to cooperate, so we are just shutting it down. They're not expecting to reopen until April. So Venice Cafe in Benton Park closed for the season. It is an institution, and hopefully we have a lot of those we're talking about here today, and hopefully um, we get warm weather days early. I'm thinking winter should be over by... January 1st, 2021. And that's when the sun will shine. All the restaurants will open again. It'll be great. Um, Yeah, it's uh, very in typical Venice Cafe quirky fashion. They say, be safe, love each other, and may the God of your choice bless you. (laughs) 
what a parting message there. So good luck to Venice Cafe. Can't wait to have you guys back open. And here's another space that is going to be opening again, just in a different iteration. Yeah. So Kingside Diner is moving. They're not going very far. They're going essentially across the street from where they are in the Central West End Mm -hmm. to where Gamlin Whiskey House was. This is going to be a bigger bigger space for more people. They're going to be extending their hours, including a new evening, nighttime food and beverage menu. And and I'm kind of going to defer to you on this one because pun intended, yeah. there are a lot of moving pieces with this <laughs> corner of the Central West End. Yeah, so if it's been a second since you've been to that part of the neighborhood, um, pre-COVID, feels like ages ago, the Culpeppers closed, which is on the corner of Maryland and Euclid, um, and the Gamlin Whiskey House closed right across the street from it during COVID. So there are two empty spaces in one of the busiest um kind of most well-known for nightlife and dining mm-hmm. areas in the city. And the, you've got some vacancies there. Um, Culpepper's is going to be par- absorbed into, as well as Brennan's, is going to be absorbed into the expanding St. Louis Chess Club. They are making that into a literally world-class um, chess in, I don't want to use the word institution again, but I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, they're, um, they're trying to make it big, especially here in yeah. St. Louis. And with like a venue and all sorts of other stuff. So basically Kingside Diner, which has had, they could use a bigger space because they just are always busy with breakfast goers, especially on weekend mornings. Um, and so they'll be able to probably just get the street shut down for a couple hours and carry their stuff across the street. That's how close it is. But the gambling space has such a great open patio. Hopefully they'll be able to um, have more people out there. So it's moving pieces indeed. (laughs) Yes. Um, And how about some more moving pieces? We've got Cybergs expanding. They are announcing a new restaurant concept. It's going to be called Twisted Tavern. It's a spinoff of their Twisted Tree Steakhouse. Uh, which is right at Watson and Lindbergh. They're going to say this is a more casual restaurant with a steak burger and specialty sandwich menu. It's going to be in an old Ruby Tuesdays in Arnold, expected to open in November. And they're also anticipating opening another Cybergs out in Winsville, and that's going to be coming in January part of a recurring theme of folks opening up out west and i love good news of people saying you know what now's the time let's keep moving forward and open another restaurant so congrats to the cybergs family yeah and this next one might get a certain song stuck in your head but you can now find dory (laughs) you can find may in st louis I'm not a singer. I'm so bad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to take that and repeat it and like, oh yeah, excellent. Excellent. Um, so Budweiser has debuted Nelly Cans. AB teamed up with the local rapper for some limited edition tall boy cans. I love that these are tall boy cans too. Oh, they had to be tall boys. <laughs> they had to be. Um, so get this, they're commemorating the 20th anniversary of Nelly's debut album Country Grammar. I cannot believe it's been 20 years. 20 years. (laughs) That is crazy. Um, So these tall boy cans, they have like his picture and some other little differences on the normal can. They're available in grocery stores and convenience stores right now in the St. Louis area. Is he still on Dancing with the Stars? Do you know? Yes, he is. Apparently he's been doing pretty well. 
I keep seeing little like videos being shared on social media, but I haven't actually watched it. And he looks like he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's got some swagger. So yeah, I think he can make it pretty far on there. He's from the Lou and he's proud. That's right. I've had that collectively. Has St. Louis stopped playing that? I I wonder if Country Grammar is playing somewhere in St. Louis every single moment of the day for the past 20 years. I wouldn't doubt that. I would not doubt that. Yeah, we just love our Nelly. Interesting. I'm really excited about this next story, Dory. We might have to explore this a little bit more for a future episode. I think so for sure, too. So there's a new food service coming to the St. Louis area that will deliver you a mystery meal. It's from the people behind To The Table STL. They launched this service from Black and immigrant-owned restaurants. So basically, they're trying to expose these restaurants to more of St. Louis one mystery meal at a time. It's going to be offered on Wednesdays starting November 11th. I I checked out their website and what you do is you pick a day, you pick a time slot and that's it. You put in your order. It looked like it was $40 for a meal for two and the meal just gets delivered straight to you. You have no idea what's going to be arriving at your doorstep. I I would try it. Yes. I definitely want to try it. And I think also we were talking about how so often um, if you're not really sure what a food is, sometimes you just try it. You just go for it. Whereas if you're having to pick something off a menu, you might be a little pickier, a little more nervous Mm -hmm. about, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone. But the fact that you literally don't have to leave your house with this one, I think it's so cool. Super interesting. Yes. And you don't have to like stress over what are we eating for dinner tonight? Like just gamble and take that risk and see what shows up. I like it. The less, the fewer decisions I have to make, the better, I think. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) exactly. Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? Okay, so this week, um, we had a nice little surprise. Not really a surprise, but a nice little visit to my Shaw neighborhood. Balkan Treat Box brought their food truck to the neighborhood. They had a nice little system where they, uh, uh, like a really organized system for where you could pre-order on their app and or on their website for a time slot and they were and you put in your order like way in advance and then you just go to the food truck at your your time slot and you pick up your food so did that friday night um got two of the p days i've never had them before so this was my first time giving them a try had two of the p days got the beef and the chicken and if you haven't seen them before, they're like these little flatbread boats of meat and cheese. They do look like boats. Yeah. <laughs> really cute, like a little canoe almost. Um, so much good like Mediterranean herbs and like this really good sauce on top too. I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but just give it a try. If you're kind of into maybe trying something a little mysterious, like we were just talking about, could definitely be worth a try. And then I also ordered a little jug of their um, Balkan Ritas, which were fantastic. They were um, like a little take on a margarita. It was really um, limey and like a nice little zip to it. I don't know. It was really refreshing. I enjoyed it. That whole, I mean, I love that you got a delicious meal out of it, but I'm super excited about this concept of, you know, the truck driving to different neighborhoods, having Mm -hmm. a system set up. Again, if they kind of just put that out there, you're like, hey, that's what we're going to do for dinner that night. The end. Dawn. Decision made. You don't have to go too far. They're able to get all this business that they might not have um, otherwise. I think that's such a fun concept. Again, 2020 ingenuity. Our our neighborhood has been pretty good about bringing in food trucks like that every once in a while. Maybe not quite like once a month, but 
once every couple months or six weeks or so we've had um, mission taco truck also come by and a couple others. So it's like all the neighborhood was sort of socially distanced, but gathered around the food truck on a Friday night. It was kind of cool. I love it. Mine was um, also close to home for me. Um, I had a breakfast sandwich from Revoked Sandwiches. They opened um, in the Central West End this year, actually. And I don't know why it's taken me so long to order breakfast from them. Mm. But having breakfast um, out and about these days is it's harder to come by because a lot of restaurants just it's not sustainable for for them to be open for brunch or you know Mm -hmm. the couple I I want something close to home for me you know Um, and sometimes it's harder to get breakfast food that stays good in the takeout box but I got the tomato and burrata breakfast sandwich it's basil pesto tomato jam greens balsamic and onion on an English muffin And it was so good. It brought me to life on a morning (laughs) where I really needed to be brought to life. I'll say that. That sounds so good. good. Really good. And then um, also, you know, they had really good hash browns that were good with this like Mm. aioli you could dip it in. If you didn't want to just use ketchup. Oh my gosh, they were so good. Oh, I love it. It's been really tempting to just like order more sandwiches for breakfast. But alas. I had eggs that I scrambled myself this morning, (laughs) but maybe again, this weekend, um, again, we're talking about the weekend of October 23rd, 24th, 25th. And there are a lot of events that we would encourage you to check out, consider and, um, venture out to, if you can do so in a safe and socially distant way, um, including some ongoing events. We have the streeteries continuing in the central West end. Um, just a couple more of those left there through October is the plan right now, Friday, Saturdays. Sundays. Nine Mile Gardens Movie Night is presenting Poltergeist at 7 o'clock on Saturday. Which, by the way, real quick note, um, the chili cook-off that we talked about last weekend got postponed for weather. That is now going to be the afternoon of November 1st. And I will once again be a judge at that chili cook-off there the day after Halloween. So um, you can add that to your calendar. Uh, Herman's Oktoberfest is continuing again every weekend in October with the big celebration of not just Halloween and spooky season, but the German heritage in the town there. Yeah, but if you really want to dig into that Halloween spooky vibe, you can head on over to Union Station for their Halloween experience. It's a kid-friendly event happening there every day through Halloween. Some more kid-friendly things happening at the zoo. Now, remember, anything you do at the zoo, you need a timed entry reservation. Those are free, but you do need that need that to get in. So Halloween weekends are continuing. This is the daytime, younger, kid-friendly, free event at the zoo. Boo at the Zoo is still happening at night, every night. Um, That requires tickets. It's a little bit more of an older kid experience at the zoo. There you go. And on Friday and Saturday, the Pumpkin Glow is back to historic Main Street in St. Charles, where they'll have hundreds of pumpkins lighting up Main Street from 5 to 9 each evening. Dozens of businesses will be participating. Some of them are going to be offering discounts and samples. So go continue to support those local businesses there. Uh, My friend Lydia just moved her shop down to historic Main Street. So excited for her. Um, Costumes are encouraged masks please wear them um, especially when you're going into these smaller businesses main street shops are kind of hard to socially distance in so wear your mask um they are not handing out candy this year also in an effort to be a little safer 
Yep. And then on Saturday and Sunday, the Science Spooktacular is back at the St. Louis Science Center. This is a free event with a lot of Halloween themed festivities for the whole family. They're going to have chilling science demos, some Ooh. graveyard games. Oh, I know. Some spooky walkthroughs and a pumpkin three themed treat bar with food specials using pumpkins and squash that they grew right there in their own science center garden, which I think is just so cool. I, and maybe if the weather is a little cooler and you want to get inside in a big space like that, you got the science center. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Mission Taco is having their burrito pop-up at their Kirkwood location this Saturday. This is fun. They are going to be debuting their breakfast burrito. Um, the food truck will be in the parking lot from 9 to 11 that morning. And they're going to be serving up the Chorihuevo chori, chori burrito. Yeah. <laughs> They'll know what you're talking about when you go to order it. It has scrambled eggs, chorizo, potatoes, pico de gallo, avocado serrano sauce. So I'm guessing it's like a slightly mm-hmm. spicier avocado sauce. And of course, queso. For 10 bucks with 50% of the profits from each going to No Kid Hungry. Super cool there. Again, another excuse to get out and get a, get a tasty breakfast. And I think... Yeah. More breakfast options for America is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it comes in a burrito form, right? Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, And Sunday, if you're thinking about starting some holiday shopping, there's a pretty good way to do it. Citywide Market Crawl is happening. It's a free event put on the Women's Creative and Forehands. So instead of there being one big venue with all of the vendors in this one space, they're going to be spread out throughout the city and county in mini markets. So each Brick and mortar small business is hosting one or two female brands. Um, so it's a really easy way for you to get out, support local, support women-owned businesses. Masks and social distancing are required. And if you'd like to see a map of where all of these locations are, you can find that on the Women's Creative website. This is happening from noon to four on Sunday. This is super fun and also a great idea to get ahead on holiday shopping, Dory. I hadn't even thought about it for that. I was like, what am I buying for myself? <laughs> and well, you the, can treat yourself too. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Please be sure you are subscribed to our podcast. We are super excited about the one we're offering to you next week. So you want to make sure you have that. Well, we're excited about every single one of them, but we want to make sure that you don't miss a beat. So subscribe and leave us a rating and review so that your friends can find us as well. Let us know your thoughts on our Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Have a wonderful spooky weekend and seize the plate.